Thanks for listening to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. If you've ever been in the process of looking for a job, you've probably heard time and time again how important networking is. While a networking event is more laid back than a job interview, not taking it seriously can lead to missed opportunities. Whether you're meeting an old coworker for lunch or going to a larger group networking event, the goal is to build long-term relationships that will help your career over time. In today's episode, I'm joined by Amy West, a Navy veteran and Orion recruiter, to discuss the top 10 networking mistakes to avoid. We'll discuss the importance of preparation, how to succeed in a variety of networking scenarios, and how important it is to keep in touch with your network. If you have any questions about this interview or topics for a future podcast, I'd love to hear from you. I'm always looking for guests to share their transition story or success in their post-military careers. So if you're interested in participating, send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hey, Amy, how's it going? Hey, Megan, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Thank you for having me. So, Amy, I know you've been on one of these podcasts before, but for anyone that did not hear you on the last one, would you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So, I was active duty Navy for five years. I was a gas terminal electrician. I served on the USS Bulkley, and then I finished up my tour at Marmac, Norfolk, and I got out of the Navy in November 2018. Very cool. And since leaving the military in 2018, is that when you came to Orion or did you do something else afterwards? I did. I came straight from the Navy to Orion. So before my terminal leave began, I got an email from Orion saying they were looking for a technical recruiter. And I sort of had an aha moment and I knew immediately that this job was something I wanted to pursue. So I sent in my resume and I interviewed with the Orion team after. I started working at Orion as a technical recruiter a week before my terminal leave ended, and I couldn't be happier since then. It's a privilege to work for such a dynamic company that's so dedicated to serving other veterans. That's awesome, and you are in Orion's Virginia Beach office, so if any of the candidates listening that are in that region, I'm sure they will be talking to you at some point if they haven't already. Of course, that would be great. Okay, so our topic today is all about networking, and I think this is something that can be overlooked when candidates are looking for a job because sometimes it can even be hard to define. It could be something casual like a lunch meeting or happy hour with a former coworker or classmate, or sometimes it's a more formal event, and I think because it can be a little bit hard to define, um, candidates aren't so keyed in on how they should prepare for it. Everyone knows how you should prepare for a job interview, and we've got lots of podcasts on that, um, tons of resources on our website and just all over the internet, but networking is a little bit different. So I think there tends to be a lack of preparation or even understanding of the fact that it is a lot like an interview. It can go well or it can go poorly, and that can have implications. So I wanna talk a lot more about this topic with you. and we'll get into kind of the things, our top 10 list of things that people should not do or mistakes that people make when they're networking. So before we get into that, what, as a recruiter, I'm sure that you are, you know, telling candidates that they should be networking. Like I said, sometimes it's casual, sometimes it's not so casual, uh, but what are some of the benefits of professional networking? Oh, there's so many benefits, Megan. I think one of the most 
important things to remember about networking is it's not a it's not like you start and stop networking. You're always networking with every interaction that you have, whether you realize it or not. And professional networking is a great tool to develop relationships, gain insight into your career field, or into prospective industries that you might want to get into, and find out about job openings that you wouldn't otherwise know about. A lot of times positions aren't advertised on traditional platforms like Indeed, Monster, or the old school way in the newspapers. And you might not even know a company is looking to hire until you ask the right questions. And it's a great way to find a mentor and, of course, make lifelong business relationships and friendships. It's for everyone, not just business majors or industry leaders. Mm -hmm. And, Amy, like you mentioned, it's something that can be so beneficial to your career, not only in helping you find job opportunities, but also just in, you know, asking career advice, bouncing things off of someone who you trust and someone that you met in a situation like that. I think it can be so, so beneficial. So obviously it could be beneficial if it's done correctly, but like I said, we're going to discuss some of the mistakes that people made. And so we kind of put together a list of top 10. So I want to talk through those and kind of get your input on it and hopefully provide some insight for our listeners if networking is not something that they've really thought about or maybe they just didn't think it was that big of a deal. So um, number one on our list is waiting until you've lost your job to begin networking. And this is a really big one. I saw this, um, I did before we came up with this list, I did some research online and this was one that I found everywhere because I think that this is when people want to network is kind of when it can be too late. So what do you think about this one? I could not agree more with that, Megan. I think a lot of people don't realize that you're networking throughout your entire career. Even if you're on active duty and say you're on a ship or you're deployed, the people that you're working with at that time, those are your future connections. You're networking at your current job. You're networking for your next job. It never stops. So there's no good time to stop networking. The best time to begin is now, whether you go to an event or you do it online, you can never start early enough. Mm -hmm. And you brought up a good point. The people that you're with now, those are going to be your future connections as well. And that kind of even, you know, a little bit off topic, but drives home the point of always wanting to put your best face forward when you're at work because you never know who's watching or what potential contacts later down the road could help you or even maybe not help you depending on what they saw from you in a previous role. So you definitely want to be mindful about that as well. Definitely. You never know who your next boss is going to be or who they know. Mm -hmm. And also just waiting until you've lost your job to begin networking. Like you said, there's never a good time to stop networking. Maybe sometimes someone will say, oh, I feel very comfortable where I am right now. But I mean, you never think it's going to happen to you where you'll lose your job out of nowhere, but it certainly does happen. And so if you stop making those contacts and you stop reaching out to people in your network, um, you are going to be several steps back from where you might be if you do stay in touch with them. And you never want to be networking from a point of desperation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, for number two, 
we have relying on a phone call or online networking. And so you mentioned this before, is that it can be as simple as these things. And these things are not wrong to do it this way, but there are certainly advantages to, you know, the type of in-person networking that can really give you that face time with people that could connect you later on. It's just a different type of connection you build. So can you talk a little bit more about this one? Sure. I mean, at best, networking is done face-to-face. And technology is an excellent tool, and it's especially good to support and expand on face-to-face networking. For example, if you go to an event, you meet some people, you get business cards, and then you go find those people on LinkedIn and send them a quick thank you email for their time. But we need to remember that there's no substitute for getting out there and introducing yourself to somebody in person. And when you meet people, you get a better idea of who they really are, and you can have a more in-depth conversation. And even if you think you won't be very good at networking events, challenging yourself to get out there is so important. Even if you only talk to a couple people, that's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think one of the benefits of even going to, you know, like an Orion conference, it's kind of the two in one. You've got the interview scheduled, but there's also, depending on what type of conference you go to, like if it's a DCC, you have the networking portion built in as well. And I know some candidates, I mean, I've been there before for DCCs, and some candidates you can tell feel awkward and kind of, you know, sit off to the side or only talk with other candidates. And it's very clear that they're not really sure what to do during that portion of the event. Um, but So many great connections can be made, whether it's someone that you weren't slated to interview with the next day and then you end up interviewing with them, or even just you meet someone, they might not even have the time to interview you the next day because they have a full interview slate. Maybe they contact you later down the road or after the event. So I think that's another thing where going to an event is great because you get the FaceTime, but you also have that networking as well. Yes. And an Orion hiring conference is hands down one of the best ways to make new connections and network because you get to connect with hiring managers and industry leaders all across the board from across a huge variety of industries. And you can interview with them, but they're also walking around the hotel where we do the conferences. They're, you know, sitting down having a cup of coffee. It's a great way to get your foot in the door and get great industry insight. Yes, definitely. And, you know, I'm sure, Amy, with all the events that you've been to, you probably have seen the same thing, like I said, where someone will feel a little bit uncomfortable. And that's not, that's really not unusual. That's actually, I think, human nature, especially when you're in kind of an unfamiliar situation. Um, Like I said before, it's not necessarily a job interview, but you know there could be a lot riding on it. So um, that wasn't to say that it's not good to be nervous because everyone most likely is going to be, but just to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Absolutely. Getting out of your comfort zone is essential to growth professionally and personally, and the more connections you can make, the better. Definitely. Okay, so number three on our list is not having a plan. And that kind of goes along with what I said earlier in our conversation with, I think, it being a little bit hard to define. Sometimes someone might think, well, I'm just going to meet someone for lunch. It's not that serious. It's not going to be formal. And it probably is not formal. But at the same time, you can still go in with a plan and know what you're seeking to accomplish. So what would you tell a candidate 
in terms of what they should plan for when they're going into any type of networking situation? That's a great question, Megan. I would tell a candidate to think of their goal ahead of time and then develop some thoughtful, thought-provoking questions that will help them reach that goal. Do you want a job? Maybe you can ask if, maybe not so directly, like, will you hire me? But do you have any openings? What needs does your company have right now? Or if you're looking for a mentor, ask them guided questions get you to that place where you can begin to develop a professional relationship. Having questions pre-thought out, you don't have to have a script, but just knowing what your end game is will help you get there because you can tailor the conversation to get you to your goal. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about this a little bit more because I think this is kind of a common theme in our list of mistakes is that you are a, in the networking um, realm, if you are going to be participating and trying to engage in conversations with people, you have to hold up your end of the conversation as well. And you're really not going to be able to do that if you don't know what your purpose is. So you have to have a clear vision of what is the reason that I am, you know, wanting to connect with this person. Um, what can I get do for them? What could they potentially do for me? And just make sure that you're thinking about that and being thoughtful about that in advance of meeting or even really reaching out to somebody. Definitely. And I think that segues us into our next topic, which is yeah, being unprepared. Mm -hmm. Yep. So number four is being unprepared. And like you said, it is a little bit similar, but I think there are some differences too. So can you talk about this one? Sure. And this really just piggybacks off of the the last question that we went over. And thinking you know what you want isn't the same as knowing it and having a defined goal. So you wanna treat networking the same way that you would an appearance at Carnegie Hall. Practice your pitch as well as your answers to questions about your career goals. And if you're meeting with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, do some homework and find out if there's anything in their background that also interests you. And that'll help break the ice make the conversation flow more smoothly and it shows the person you're talking to that you have a genuine interest in speaking with them and their background. Exactly and I think that's a good a very good tip for networking or even interviewing in general is trying to find common ground. I mean of course you want to come across as the person that is qualified for a job based on a, B, and C, but sometimes it's not even just about that. Sometimes if you have a common ground with someone, whether it's, you know, where you went to school or where you grew up, sometimes things like that can trump even, you know, the, having the most qualified resume. So, of course, you still have to have the qualifications, but it's something that would set you apart. And then in a networking scenario, it's just something to, um, of course, like you said, break the ice, kind of strengthen the um, relationship that you have with that contact and make them more likely then to reach back out to you for certain things. So I think that that's a big one. And, you know, of course, also you want to make sure that you want to, you want to make sure in the same line of being prepared that you've brought the appropriate equipment. So for instance, if you're going somewhere, you want to make sure you have business cards, you want to make sure that you have something to jot down some notes instead of just writing them on a cocktail napkin or something, you know, you just want to make sure that you are coming across as professional and prepared. Absolutely. Being prepared is so important. Never go to a networking event without a pen. 
if you don't have business cards made for you by your company, it's very inexpensive to make your own. And you can even get a QR code on your business cards now that someone can scan with their phone and will take them directly to your LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. And I will take that a step further because I would say depending on the reason that you're networking. So, you know, we talked about for number one on this list, don't wait until you've lost your job. So let's just say someone is looking for a career change and they're going to network. I would recommend not bringing your work business card because, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're not providing your work email address, your work phone call. That's really not professional. So um, if you are doing it for a career change, I would recommend just spending few extra dollars to get some personal business cards made. They're really not expensive. You can do them on a variety of different sites. So I would say that's another kind of key here is just depending on, you know, what, what the reason is for your networking. Definitely. I completely agree. You want to keep it pro as professional as possible. Okay. So moving on to number five, and I think this is something that I mentioned we would be talking about a lot is that networking is a two-way street. So number five is something that you would want to avoid is monopolizing someone's time or being too focused on your needs. So what do you have to say about that one? So this is a great topic. Um, at a networking event, everybody is there to mingle. Everyone is there for different reasons and to make new connections. If you're networking over the phone or by email, you need to understand that the person you're speaking with has a life beyond you. So if you're networking for a reason, everyone else is too. And when people look to expand their networks, they expect to gain something from the connection. I don't know if you've ever heard the acronym WIFM, W-I-F-M, it stands for What's In It For Me. Going mm -hmm. into a networking event with the WIFM attitude, is entirely the wrong way to go about it. If you can shift your mindset to wondering what can I do for this person, what value can I add to their life, you will get more in return than just going in there with a me first attitude of I need help or I want this. And sure, you may connect with someone and get great advice, but if you're going to have any sort of repeated contact, there has to be something meaningful for them in return. So think about ways that you can add value for someone else. Maybe you have a skill, you could do some free web design for them or help them out in some way. That's going to build a stronger bond and make them more willing to help you in return. Mm -hmm. I think that's all really great advice. And you know, if you're networking and if you've got a lot on the line, whether you're looking for a new job or you, you know, it's something that you're trying to do in the short term, it's just, I think it's easy to be a little bit, have a one-track mind and think, okay, I got it accomplished A, B, and C. I have to make sure that I get this amount of contacts. I have to make sure I find the right contacts. So it's easy to only focus on what you want, but it's really like any other relationship in life, right? Nobody wants to have a friend who is always coming to you with their problems and asking you for advice, and it's like a one-sided thing. So I, I feel like we all know that, and we know that that's true in our personal lives but can tend to forget that when we feel like our job is on the line or, you know, we've got all these things that are riding on this opportunity, then it's a little bit easy to forget that sometimes. So I think treating it that way and that it is a two-way street, just like any other relationship is definitely beneficial. 
Absolutely. And when you're networking from a position where you're trying to change careers or you're looking for a new job, you're essentially asking for someone to go out of their way for you. And you wouldn't ask someone to do you a favor without doing them a favor in return. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of asking, that kind of transitions us into number six on our list. So asking for too much. You know, obviously within this context of networking, there is probably always going to be an ask, but how does someone determine what is too much? Um, what should I ask? What should I not ask? I just kind of want to get your thoughts on this one because I think this one can be a little bit confusing. Sure. With every negotiation or networking, there comes a point where you get to the ask part of the conversation and you don't want your ask to be too big in that initial contact. You may want your networking efforts to lead to a new job, but asking for an introduction to the hiring manager or someone important at the company, that's a big ask. That's a pretty big favor for someone to do for a complete stranger, essentially. And you might be very qualified, you might be great at your job, but that's still asking for someone to put their name, their reputation on the line for you. And it's definitely too much of an ask for someone who doesn't know you well. So you want to start small, and the strength and depth of your network will develop over time. And this goes back to our first topic, which is waiting too late to start. You need to cultivate relationships if you're going to ask for things where people's reputations are on the line. Instead, ask for easy things to give. Ask for advice or insight into an area of their expertise and how to leverage your skills. Or for advice on what is the best next step in your career for you. Ask them for the advice. Show them that you value their education and their experience. And of course, no matter how small the ask is, a big thank you is always in order. Yes, definitely. And when it comes to the topic of asking, I think that, you know, a lot of candidates might think maybe that's not too big of an ask to ask for an introduction to a hiring manager because you might think, well, I found this contact. They work at this company. How perfect. This will set me up. But like you said, they're putting their reputation on the line. And I, even if you know someone just through a networking event, you likely don't know them well enough or their qualifications. You might have seen their resume, but you don't know how they are. And a working scenario, you don't know the type of person they are. So you probably are not going to want to recommend them to someone who's higher up at your company and, you know, associate yourself with them because you really don't know. So while it might not seem like that big of an ask, I think that if you put yourself in their shoes, you would understand that maybe you could start smaller by asking, just trying to learn more about their company in general, learn more about the positions that are open, what some of their needs are. If you have done some of the research and you know that there's a specific position, you could mention that you're interested in it and try to learn more about it. And, you know, they might say, oh, I could recommend you, but really that would be up to them instead of you asking for it. Definitely. That's a really good point. Showing interest in their company and their industry is in a way asking without saying the words outright. And if they're impressed with you, you build a rapport, then maybe you don't even have to ask. It becomes their idea instead of your idea. And then they go to their boss and say, I met a great candidate that I would love to introduce you to. 
Exactly. And I think it's also a case by case situation. Some people probably wouldn't care as much to recommend somebody um, and then others might be a little bit more hesitant to. So I would say, as with most of these, they are case by case, so just kind of feel it out. But I think that's really good input. Sure. So number seven. So number seven on the list, like we mentioned, there's lots of different ways that you can network. You can obviously do it on the phone, online. You could meet somebody um, just one-on-one, -on -one, or you could go to an event. So this one's specifically focused on the event, and um, I think it's very important. It's what I mentioned earlier about being at conferences, and sometimes if there's a networking portion of the event, you see candidates just kind of hanging out and mingling and talking to each other. Um, so number seven on the list is being a wallflower and like I said I think this is one of the most important ones if you're not putting yourself out there then you're really not going to get recognized so can you talk a little bit more in detail about this one definitely so when you take the time to go to a networking event you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't put yourself out there and network with people if you just grab a drink and hang out by the bathrooms, then you're really wasting your time being there and it's important to remember that men and women with a lot of contacts and influence, they meet a lot of people, and they're only going to remember the people who stand out from the crowd. Now, that doesn't mean be obnoxious and monopolize their time, but be assertive and show your leadership qualities without going overboard. You want to convey a sense of self-assurance and confidence without being obnoxious and brash. Definitely. And I think that, you know, the assertiveness, that's something that people are always drawn to anyway. You know, when you walk in a room, you can tell who's very confident and they know what they want. And I think that's what you're trying to convey here. And it might even be a situation of fake it till you make it. I mean, you just have to kind of go to the event, rise to the occasion. Like you said, you're wasting your time if you're going there and planning on just kind of hanging out, having a drink, talking to some people that you already know or people that may not benefit you at all. So it's really just, you know, if you have to go in and maybe fake your confidence, then that's fine. One day, I'm sure it'll become more comfortable and you won't have to do that. Sure. And if you need to practice with a friend or practice in front of your mirror before you show up, then by all means, do that. Get your body language down, you know, practice talking in front of a mirror so you know what your posture looks like, you know, what your mannerisms look like, and then you can adjust accordingly. Okay, so number eight is focusing on quantity over quality. And I think it's almost like you think of it as like a speed dating. So someone's going to a networking event, they think, okay, I have to make this worth my time. I'm not going to be a wallflower. I'm going to go around. I'm going to meet a ton of people. So this is kind of the opposite of the one that we just talked about. And, you know, it's like you're just going to be speeding around the room trying to meet as many people as you can, which is not necessarily the best way to do it. So it's like you almost have to find a middle ground. So what would you say on this one? So it's like anything else. You don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket, but you also don't want to be spread so thin that you don't get any meaningful relationships out of your connections. So too many people treat networking like just a numbers game and they try to get as much contact information as possible without actually getting to know anyone. And people act as if there was a prize for the one who collects the most cards or connections. But the real prize goes to the person who's able to make the most genuine connection, engage in the most relevant conversations, and create a memorable ex 
experience and impression for both of you. And people can tell if you're being genuine. So if you're at a networking event and it's your goal to just collect as many business cards as possible, and maybe, you know, the way we're saying it sounds more negative because anyone listening would probably think, oh, I'm, I wouldn't do that anyway. So maybe you wouldn't go into it with that intention, but that's what it turns into. I think it's just being mindful of that and knowing that if you're going around and trying to collect as many business cards as you can, um, a lot, a lot of times you're probably, your conversations are not going to come across as being very genuine. They'll be a little bit more shallow and you're not going to stand out to the, to the other people, just like you, they probably won't stand out to you. And Amy, like you mentioned before, people that have a lot of influence and power and are able to connect you to different opportunities, they're probably they've got so much going on. They have so many people that they've met. They're not going to remember you if they're only having a two second conversation that, you know, really is kind of irrelevant at the end of the day. So I think that's one key thing to definitely keep in mind. Definitely. Very important. Okay. So we're almost wrapped up on our list and the last two are very important. So um, forgetting to follow up. Now, following up is something that's so important with networking and the interview process. So talk a little bit about this one and why it's so important. This is probably one of the most important things that we've discussed so far is forgetting to follow up. Going to the event is great. Doing your prep work is great. But if you don't follow up on those connections that you made, you're missing out on the value. So if you told a networking contact that you were going to do something, do it. Even if it's as small as shooting them an email with your contact info or sending in your resume or something like that. Even if you're not sure if they remember you, you can bet that they'll remember once you follow up with them. And they'll be grateful that you took the time out of your day to send them what you talked about. And if you're worried about forgetting, keep a pen near your business card holder to scribble out a note or add a reminder in your phone. Something to make sure that you keep your word and do what you said you're going to do. It shows them that you're dependable and reliable, and that's very important. Mm -hmm. And depending on how you choose to follow up, if you're going to follow up, say, on LinkedIn or over email, um, you know, anything like that will have they'll be able to see that you've contacted them before. So then if you were to reach out to them later down the road about something that they could potentially connect you with, it's not like you're starting cold. I mean, they're less likely to remember you from an event than they would if you had also previously reached out. And so it's something that, like we said before, a lot of people at those events are talking to so many different people. They're probably not going to remember every single person they talk to, but they'll be a lot more likely to remember you if you're following up with them afterwards. Sure. Okay, so past the follow-up, but still kind of in the same line of why it's so important is a mistake that people are making, and this is number 10 on our list, is not staying in touch with your contacts. And I feel like this kind of is the bow on the box of everything that we've talked about already because it really just, it goes back to even number one on this list where we're saying don't wait until you've lost your job to begin networking. You really want to make sure that these relationships that you've established or, you know, at least kind of started to rekindle, you want to make sure that those are something that, you know, you're staying in touch. It's not like you're cold calling them when you need something. So um, what's your input on this one? 
So staying in touch is very important. I'm sure everyone at one point or another has experienced having that friend who only calls you when they need something. And nobody really likes that friend all that much. So make the effort to follow up with your mentors, your colleagues, and your other contacts about once a month through email or phone or social media. And this is where LinkedIn can really come in handy because even if it's just dropping a thoughtful comment or sending them a message saying, hi, I hope you're well, how are you doing? Depending on whether you have online connections, you can use social media on Facebook, and as you keep in touch with your network, be sure to keep them updated about your career path. You should be sharing relevant articles and information with them, as well as sending opportunities their way. Or if you meet another connection who could potentially be helpful to them, see if you can put them in contact. Do them a favor. Yes, and Amy, I like your analogy about the friend who only calls when they need something, because I think the overarching theme here is really while it is professional, you want to treat this the way that you would with any of your other relationships. You don't want to be the person who's always asking for too much. You don't want to be the person who is only calling when they need something or, you know, not getting back to you when they don't need something. Um, so that's something that I think is kind of the overarching theme here is, yes, it is a professional engagement. However, it always helps to think about it in a common sense point of view that it's still a relationship. So you want to treat it the way you would um, and, you know, treat people the way that you would want to be treated as well, even though, you know, it is networking. You're obviously everyone's doing it for a different purpose and probably a specific purpose. But at the end of the day, some of these networking relationships could turn into friendships as well. And so you want to make sure that you're at least putting your best foot forward and making sure that you are, doing unto others, I guess, as you would have them do and you the golden rule. So that's kind of the same thing here with networking. Absolutely. In every relationship, whether it's professional or a friendship or a personal relationship, it involves some level of reciprocity. And I think the overarching theme, like you said, is maintaining that sense of reciprocity. Mm -hmm. It could even be something as simple as sharing a relevant article. Maybe you're in the same industry or maybe you're both in human resources or engineering, whatever the case may be. It could be something as simple as sharing like a current event or some new update in your field. It doesn't always have to be asking for something or, you know, wanting more information on something. It could just be, hey, I saw this. I thought it was interesting and, you know, you might want to see it as well. It could be something as simple as that. So just anything to kind of keep the lines of communication open so that when there might be a bigger ask, it's not as though you're reaching out to someone that you haven't talked to in years. Sure. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be very, very simple, like you said. Awesome. Well, Amy, I think this is a very comprehensive list, and I hope that it helps anybody who's listening. So thank you so much again for joining me and I always appreciate your insight, so thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Megan. I really appreciate it, and I hope that whoever listens to this gets some good insights and good advice to help them network in the future. Thanks, Amy. Thank you, Megan. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. 
We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.